Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. It's awesome. We are so glad that we could mess your life up. Some of you came in and went, my chair's gone. And uh, it's, it's really great to kind of see you going, I really don't know where I am right now. Well, you're here. You're in the right place. And uh, you look better this way. You really do. We upgraded your presence. Uh, uh, you look beautiful. Okay, stand, hold your Bibles up. Welcome all of you watching online. Do the same with us. If you're standing in a hotel room, if you're in a hospital bed, stay down. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's always good to declare what you hope for instead of talking about what you currently have. Um, there was a post this week that talked about that very thing. Let's not uh, talk about or look at what we have, but look at what God has for us. And uh, it's important for us to take that look. This month we're doing this series on the tongue and a weapon of mass destruction uh, or a weapon of blessing. But most people in the world today make uh, more time to talk about the difficulties of their life, the disasters going on in the world, than all of the possibilities before us. We know that in the world we have tribulation. Jesus said that, John 16, 33. He said, but take courage, I've overcome the world. We're not a people that live in denial. We're a people that faces reality with a super reality, the natural with a supernatural, and we talk about what can happen. However, most people spend most of their days talking about their problems instead of God's promises. Now, I'm not saying you don't acknowledge the problem. That's a reality. You've got to pay a bill. It's there. God, thank you that you are our provider. And uh, we just thank you that there's more than enough because you're a God of more than enough. And you know what? In that moment, you may not have anything, but God has everything. And so we have to begin focusing every day on what could be. You know, it's March Madness and all the athletic talk and all the sports talk going on. Uh, I was just thinking about, and I played ball when I was a kid, and, and uh, you know, we never, ever gathered, and the coach never went, now, you know what, guys, we're probably going to get beat today. I just want you to prepare for defeat. Uh, they're bigger than us. They're faster than us. They're stronger than us. We don't stand a chance. A snowball stands a better chance in a hot place than we do on the field today. And, uh, you know, but, but thanks for practicing all week, and you're going to get the snot beat out of you in just a minute, but it'll be all right. We'll practice again tomorrow, you know, and that's not what happens. Every coach, whether it's a, an 0-10 team or 0-15 team, every coach looks at his team, tonight's tonight. We're going to win. We're going to take them. And the guys are sitting there going, Okay, maybe. I mean, at least it elevates to a maybe because they're positive. They're saying, you know, we realize 
that we're outmatched. We understand that. If we, we look at, we look at uh, the program and we look at how big they are, we watch their films, we know how fast they are, uh, you know, I mean, you can, you can go through all of that process, but the reality is that you don't have to believe in what you see. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. And so this whole series is about really reprogramming how we think and how we speak. And acknowledging that uh, oftentimes there are, there are times in our lives when we look and say, it's just not possible. But how many of you remember the scripture that says, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. So the idea is for us today to begin to think differently, speak differently, make declarations about our future instead of having discussions about our past. Everyone in this room has a past. We all do. And, and unfortunately, the, the parts of our past that we often remember are not the good parts. It's how the fallen man has been programmed by sin. Well, we have to remember where sin abounds, grace does more abound. So whenever sin surfaces in your thoughts, let grace overtake that thought. Because God's grace supersedes your sin. And so some people would say, well, you're just trying to discount your sin or what you did. No, no, no. Jesus took care of what we did. There's not a discount. He paid full price. And so when we acknowledge he paid the full price for the sin that we would commit, the sin that we would be born with, we realize the value that he placed on us. And so now it's real easy to, for us to say, we're the apple of his eye. Nobody dies for you unless they love you to death. And he loved us all the way to death and resurrection. And he loves us today. And we have to make that declaration every day of our lives because we're surrounded with bad news. We're surrounded with news that creates tension and fear and you, you know, stock market crash again, and we look at all those things. You know what? Our life is not based on what happens in the market. Our life is based on what happened already. Jesus paid the price. What's happening in heaven is going to come to earth. We are absolutely uh, victorious already. You may not feel victorious today, and you may be behind by 60 points uh, at two minutes left in the game. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit. You know, I, I listen to preachers. Uh, some of you think preachers don't listen. I listen to preachers. I steal whatever I can. <laughs> if I like it, it's mine next Sunday. And uh, I don't usually mention the name because some of y'all wouldn't listen to the rest of the story if I did because there are people you like and don't like. I get that. But I was hearing a story this week from a preacher who said uh, when he took over his church, and it's a huge church, he said, uh, came to staff meeting uh, one day. It's a big staff. And he said, uh, the children's pastor, uh, you know, we're going around talking about, you know, how our areas are going in preparation for things. And, and uh, she'd been on staff there for over 20 years, married. And uh, uh, she, she's saying, well, you know, I, I just want all of you to know that I have my area completely covered. And uh, for my maternity leave, when, when I have my baby, I got my area completely covered. And uh, so don't worry about it. Everything's going to be good. And so the pastor's sitting there because he knew her. He had been on staff at the church for as long as she had been there. And she's, you know, up in 39, 40 years old. You, you know, and she's not pregnant. And he's like, so afterwards he asked his sister, he said, what, what was she talking about? 
He said, you know, she's, she's uh, 40 years old. And he said, well, you know, she's been believing for 20 years that she'd have a baby. and She hasn't been able to. And he's thinking, well, she just maybe needs to adopt or something. And what happened was she ended up getting pregnant, not with one baby, with, with two babies. She just kept declaring what she wanted was going to happen. And 20 years goes by, and it happened. Now, that's her story, and you, you may have a different story, and you may not like that story because the same thing didn't happen to you. But you, he said, you know, it's a shame that she's got a pastor who didn't even believe as much as she did. <laughs> You know, he's just trying to say, maybe you need to change something, you know. Um, but, you know, encourage people who are encouraged. Encourage people who are discouraged. Just be an encourager all the time. Why talk about what all the bad things that are? And if you don't like your boss, the best way to start liking your boss and getting blessed is, I have the best boss in the world. I couldn't have a better boss. Now, he or she might be the biggest jerk on, jerk on the planet, and, and nobody in the company likes him or her. But you know what? It's not about what you like or who you like. It's about who God loves and Jesus gave his life for. So you declare what Jesus did because Jesus loves everybody. And you can look at your family and say, I have the best boss in the world. Well, he's a jerk. Everybody says, oh, no, they're not seeing him through the eyes of Jesus. If you see him through the eyes of Jesus or see her through the eyes of Jesus, they're fearfully and wonderfully made. They're going to make my life wonderful. They're going to give me a promotion. I'm going to be blessed, and I'm blessing them. And if I bless them, I get blessed, because whatever I sow, I reap. Don't be around the water cooler talking about how bad your boss is. Be the one that walks up and says, can you believe what an awesome boss we have? I'm telling you, it is incredible. They'll think you're on crack. But you know what? It doesn't do any good to talk about how bad things are. It only does good to talk about how good things are going to become. I don't like the way things are someday. I got up last week, and I had a day that I thought somebody had sat on my chest. I couldn't even, I, it, I wasn't sick physically, but my mind was being attacked. And I had to start talking to myself, and then I started answering myself, and I started having a conversation in my house, and I'm single. That's scary. <laughs> it was one of the best conversations I've ever had with me. You say, you're crazy. I'm, I am not. My mind has been renewed. I don't talk about all the trash anymore. I talk about all the possibilities and the promises of God instead of the problems of man. We all have problems. We know that. But, you know, it confuses the devil when you don't talk about them. He gets on his little imps and says, I thought you'd mess them up. You know, last year, within one month, uh, I, I, my condo got hit by Hurricane Harvey and my home got broken into. That's a problem. Not with God. I looked at the possibilities. I got settlements out of it. Come on, Jesus. Let's have another one. I want to get paid off again. See, you just never know what God will do with a bad situation. That which the devil meant for harm, God's going to turn for good. I'm telling you, whatever's going on in your life right now is getting you ready for what's going to go on. And it's going to be a blessing. The latter shall be greater than the former. Your previous past or your past cannot compare with your future. It's your choice. It's not your mom and daddy's choice. It's not about where you grew up. It's not about how bad you had it. It's about how good you're going to get it. Because Jesus paid the price for every bad thing so that every good thing could be released to you and me as we were singing that song on the cross first time in the history of my salvation and I've been saved for a long time we don't want to give years but I've been saved a long time and while we were worshiping and I, I just saw an image of Jesus on the cross and then I saw me superimposed and it was weird for a minute I'm trying to figure it out he said Mark I took all your pain 
I took everything. And while you were there, uh, I took your pain and I gave you my promises. And it was like, I just for the first time, I thought, wow, the power of the cross. That I, it was like I was hanging there, but he was feeling all the pain. And while we were there, he was putting in me all of his promises. Listen, God's not forgotten you. And your days ahead are going to be blessed and full of blessing. You just have to keep declaring what's going to be and not talking about what is. You say, well, we can't pay the bills today. That's all right. God's going to pay them for you. It's going to happen. It's coming forth. I promise you, God will never leave you, never forsake you. He'll meet every need you have according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That has to be the declaration. You look and say, God, I know the checkbook says minus 100, but you are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God of more than enough. And it may not look good today, but I'm telling you in the days to come, I have a story to tell, and I'm going to tell the story that I want. So I'm going to declare what I want instead of talk about what I don't have. I'm going to talk about what you do have. Mm, don't get mad at me. No, let me tell you, this is all real stuff. This is all real stuff. I tell you, I've had the blessed opportunity to walk it out for four years. i got to tell you, I'm so thankful for everything in my life. You look and say, he has spiked the Red Bull. <laughs> nope. Nope. Somebody asked me a year ago how I was doing. And, uh, you know, they're kind of apologetic. And I looked and I said, oh, I've had the opportunity to live everything I've preached and it works. I said, not many people get that opportunity. I had the opportunity. Everything I've been talking about for 20 years, I've been walking it out. And dadgummit, it works. That's Oklahoma for those of y'all watching around the world. Dadgummit. All right. Now, I know somebody's going to send me something with what that really means. Don't send it. Don't bother. Don't care. All right. Now, just stay happy. I, I just so stinking happy right now. I'm contagious. If I sneezed on you, you'd start to giggle. You wouldn't get sick. It's a heavenly mist. Um, <laughs> you feel it, don't you, huh? Yeah, some of you came in here, you're downcast and sad. You're going to leave so dad gum happy, they'll drug test you. <laughs> some people say, well, that's not what church is all about. Sure it is. That's what church is always all about. Why? The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. If you go out cranky, you hadn't been in the presence. And you, there are a lot of angry church people today. <laughs> Where there's an absence of presence, there's an absence of joy. And you know what? I is not going to let that happen. It, you have a choice to make. It's nobody's fault for the outcome of your life. It will never be anybody's fault but your own. You know, the outcome of my life, I got a choice. I had choices. I got choices to make every day. I choose the Lord. I choose blessing and not cursing. I choose life and not death. It's a choice. Now, I know some of you may be a little deeper down and in, in a little darker place. I get that. I've been in the darkest place. I've got to tell you something. I've been there. I know what's there. I know what's not there. And I'll tell you who is there. God was there. He's right there. You know, if you have a light in the room and it's dark, what do you do? You go turn the switch on. That's all you do with your mouth. And you're in a dark place. You say, what do I do? Hit the switch. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. My latter days will be greater than my former. 
He would above all things that I prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. I know the plans that God has for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, plans to give me a hope and a future. I'm richly blessed, highly favored, and powered to prosper, walking in divine health, going from victory to victory and glory to glory. But we all praying for me, it's about to get really good. See, sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. Yeah, you know, if you want to go out in your back porch and be really brave and, and impact your neighbors, go for it. I got one good pair of neighbors right next to me. I just shout over the fence. It's like home improvement. <laughs> sometimes you just need somebody to listen to you, you know. Hey, I'm going to be confessing some things over here. So if the Holy Ghost jumps the fence, get ready for him. I don't know what's going to happen to you. You might want to sit down. I'm telling you, they'll come over and ask you what you're sipping on. What, what? Thought I saw smoke over here. Is that the barbecue or something else? Anyway, so I'm telling you, life is grand. I don't care what CNN says or any other news network says. There may be trouble in the world, but we serve a God who created the world, and greater is he who's in us than everything going on in the world. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. I mean, come on, think about it. The worst thing that could happen to you is the best thing. So you could die. Yeah, I go to heaven, no more bills. My daddy will pay everything. Oh, he already has. We don't even need electric because the light will come out of the sun. Imagine walking, hanging out with Jesus. Ain't no darkness, man. He's just walking around chilling. I wonder if we're going to have to wear sunblock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus, man, tone it down. It's hot up in here. <laughs> you know. Hadn't thought about that until just now. <laughs> wow. I wonder if Jesus is like three-way switch. He has different levels of light. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can't handle that much. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Proverbs 18.21. Let's go to the Word of God. <laughs> the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Whatever life is bringing you or serving you, whatever platter is before you right now, even if something difficult or bad has happened, and you had some spoiled fruit, God said, I'll set another platter before you, and it will be fresh, and it will be glorious. Uh, you know, somebody walked out on you, somebody left you, you lost your job, whatever it is, and it seems like a rotten situation. If you'll begin to declare that God works all these things together for good, then God will bring the good to you. If you worship the past, you'll live in the past. If you worship God today, there's a future for you tomorrow because you're telling a story that is yet to happen, but will happen when God said, let there be light, there was no light. And he spoke, and there became light. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. And our confession gets weak, and our declaration gets sideways, and we quit saying what we want and what we believe and what God has promised. Folks, church is not about a gathering of people to make us just feel good and Bring a little bit of hope that maybe we'll go to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I don't care who it irritates. And I'm not going there because I'm good. I'm going there because God's awesome. And he said, if you call on my name, you'll be saved. Folks, I'm so saved. I'm saved to the bone. If they do a bone graph on me, they might start praying in tongues. I don't even know. It's like I'm all the way to the core. Now, sometimes I act a mess, but I'm telling you inside here, 
this child of the king right up in here. I mean, I got so much faith right now. I get up and look in the mirror and say, look at that six-pack when I know it's a keg. I mean... I'm just going to believe it. I'm also not eating much. So anyway, I'm, I'm just trying to get there. You know what I'm saying. Sometimes we just, look, man, it, just add a little sugar to the sour. Do something that, that will change the way you look and outlook on life. Just, just begin to say things. Because, you know, if you'll talk to yourself, uh, you'll encourage yourself in the Lord. You'll find yourself encouraged. And if you hang around with people who are always negative and doubting, uh, you know, that's a bad place to be. You know, so if you know people, don't quit loving them. Just look and say, you know, could y'all save your doubt for your small group? I don't want to be a part of it. So y'all can have your little doubters anonymous or whatever you want to have, but I'm all up in faith here. Because it's not about what you see around it, around you. It's about who and what you know in you. And that's how come you get the word of God in you so when something comes against you, you can speak against it. You know, if a thief's caught stealing, the Bible says he has to play back, pay back seven times. Now, uh, th that means completely, or if you want it to mean seven times, you can, but the number of seven means completeness, so that he has to pay back seven times. So if I'm ever stolen from, I look and say, you owe me, devil. You're a thief. You come to steal, kill, and destroy. You're going to pay me back. Right now, I'm dealing with a car demon. Actually, I got two cars, and both of them got demons. No, they, I'm just looking at them and saying, I am, I'm overcoming. Devil, you better watch out. Because I want to tell you something. If these cars don't get fixed, you're going to have to buy me a new one. And I get to pick the color and the kind. I know some of you are just like scratching your head right now. No, I'm telling you, when I start talking about talking, <laughs> I get excited. Number one, I like to talk, but really like to talk about things that, that I want to see happen in our life and in the future here. You notice that we ripped everything out. Look at it already. No, this room ain't going to hold everybody even for three times and probably four. And then we'll figure it out from there. Why? Because I believe we serve a big God. Nothing is impossible with God. Quit saying you have a small business if you're the only employee. Say, I am the president of a corporation. I have never been a small business owner. What are you thinking? You're not a small business owner. You're the president, CEO, and CFO all wrapped into one. Some, you, you'll walk out with a skip in your step, shoulders back, and neighbor looking and say, what happened? I grew another company. Where? It's right in here. And I'm the president of that one, too. You see, if you'll talk to yourself that way, encourage yourself in the Lord, you'll get happy. You'll get faith-filled. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when you begin to declare that, something happens inside you that releases the power of God. And He is able to do more than we can think or imagine according to the power that works in us. We're waiting on God to do something. He said, it's in you. I'm waiting on you to release the deposit of power that I've already put in you. It's in there. All you got to do is hit the switch. And you hit the switch with your tongue. Yeah. 
too many Eeyore Christians. I know Eeyore's old. He's been around a long time. But they never change hardly. Everybody, every family's got an Eeyore. Well, you know, they say it's going to get worse before it gets better. Probably going to have another market crash. Don't know what's going to happen in this world. I do. Jesus is coming back on a white horse someday. That's what's happening in this world. And until he does, I'm just living in the midst of his glory. Rejoicing in the Lord. Always, Paul said. Not rejoicing in the Lord when things are going good. Rejoicing in the Lord when everything's up, up, up. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. No matter what's going on around you, make sure that you know what's going on within you. Stir up the gift, Paul told Timothy. Stir it up. Keep it going. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships for an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, the world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of life on fire in its, itself on a, uh, a fire uh, uh, by hell. So we have to speak to the obstacles. Our confession will often determine our possession. If you'll remember when God told Israel, I'm bringing you out of Egypt. Let me tell you something. Don't worry about coming out of something. Never worry about that. Start looking at where you're going, not where you've been. They didn't talk about Egypt. They talked about this land flowing with milk and honey, a promise of God, the promised land. That's what they talked about. They didn't say, man, remember back in Egypt? Well, some of them did. They, they didn't get to go in. Uh, you know, why didn't you just let us die back there? God said, all right. I'm not sure he said it quite that way, but in the Greek it might work. All right. <laughs> we'll let you die back there. We'll let you die somewhere where you want to die. You're going to die because you want to die. If I was Moses, I would have hired some people. God, it was terrible. Uh, Numbers 14, 28. This is one of my favorite passages. Well, actually, start with uh, 26. The Lord said um, to Moses and Aaron, verse 27, How long will this wicked, Numbers 14, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? Hold it. God is listening. Hey, I hear what they're saying. See, God hears what we're saying. Nothing good will ever happen to me. I came from. The, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. I was born in the wrong era. I, I mean, I wasn't. Dear God, thank God for indoor plumbing and microwaves. You know, I was born at the right time. I don't need George Jetson. I am good. I mean, this is good. But they were grumbling against God, and He said, "I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites." So you think if God heard them, that and the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, do you think God hears you? Thank you. He does. And he hears our faith, our words of faith, or he hears our complaints. So if I complain about anything, what I'm really saying to God is I've forgotten all the good things you've done for me, and I'm reminding you of all the junk I'm in right now. Instead of realizing there's a lot more good than there is bad. 
God is a good God. You're creating His image and His likeness. You're breathing right now. You're sitting here. Some of you are watching on one of these cameras, watching. And there are all these wonderful things. I've had a great life. Some people say, don't talk about I've had a great life. I'm going to have a great life as long as I live. But it really doesn't matter how long I live. What matters is the quality of life that I live now. I want to be happy until the day I die. I want all of my enemies to be irritated by my happiness. Not really, but it's okay. I, I, there are people that expect you to live at their level, and they'll pull on you and pull on you and pull you down to that level because they don't want to take what, do what it takes to rise to a new level, which is to look at circumstances in the face and say, today you may be standing here, but tomorrow I'll be walking over you, and you will have the imprint of my shoe on your chest or your back, depending on which way you're facing, devil, because I'm walking over you, and I'm going to my promise. There is a promise out there. And there may be a Red Sea, there may be a Jordan, there may be Amalekites, there may be Canaanites, there may be Hittites, there may be termites. I don't care what gets in your way. you got to determine, I'm getting to my promise. It's time for you to come back. Yeah, you've had a setback. It's time for you to come back. And the only way you come back is that you determine that your comeback is greater than your setback. Forty years, and it was a two-and-a-half-week trip into the promised land. And it took 40 years because you had a bunch of whining, complaining Israelites. Finally, they get near the promised land. They, they literally are so close that 12 spies are able to walk into the land. They can see it. They can literally see, but they can't see all the details. All the grapes are as big as basketballs and, and all of the fruit that's just mammoth and everything's great. Twelve spies go in, ten come back and, oh my gosh, they're giants. We can't do this. They're huge. And, and nothing good's going to happen to us. Why don't we just live on the edge and we have a, we'll have a home with a view. <laughs> Caleb. Caleb like, shut up. That's the original Hebrew. <laughs> I know the NIV said he silenced the crowd, but I felt a real strong shut up when I read it. <laughs> and he said, we can certainly take the land. Holy, he didn't say it's possible, we might. Hey, you know what? Better to die trying than not try at all. He says, we can certainly do it. Some of y'all need to get a we can certainly going on inside you. Quit looking at the size of the problem and the giants and the obstacles and start looking at the size of your God who created the galaxies, the Milky Way, the heaven, the earth, and every detail of the human body. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible. And listen to this. Verse 28. So tell them. He says, Moses, tell them. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. You don't need a degree, a high school diploma. Dear God, nowadays an elementary graduation ceremony. 
Man, we had we we celebrated one stinking time, and that was when we got out of high school. They were like like elementary. They got robes and caps. I'm going, really? Are you going to applaud them for that? Cat, bat, spot, drop, see spot, run. Good job. Okay, no, I think it is a good job. I don't think it necessitates a cap and gown. Okay, now. Rewind. He said, I am going to do what I heard him say. Now, I had, and and guess what? So what did Caleb say? We can certainly do it. Guess who goes into the land? Caleb. Why? Because he said, we can do it. Now, there are some other people. I don't know if they're in heaven or not. Wouldn't it be cool if some of the naysayers are in heaven? They might be. And they probably live in a, you know, like a really downcast neighborhood or something. We'll go over and say, hey, you idiots. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're you're, you're the neighborhood who didn't think it could happen, right? (laughs) Come and visit. Probably living in tents on the edge of heaven outside the walls. I, I don't know. Better than hell, the burbs. Okay, I'm almost finished. I really am. This begins with you. In your home, no one around, it begins with you. You need to learn to talk to yourself. How many times have you called yourself stupid or that was stupid? What an idiot. I'm not smart. Uh, You're talking to yourself and you're saying, God, when you made me, you messed up. In essence, that's what we're saying. You made a mistake when you made me. I know people who didn't graduate from high school are multimillionaires because they didn't know they couldn't be. So don't ever use, I don't have an education, I don't have this, I don't have that. This is not about your IQ. This is about your God Q. God will do things according to our faith and what we believe and what we say. And I know this crosses the line of all religious people who believe that in deism, that God put the world in motion, stepped back and said, you know, okay, sirrah, sirrah, more people have faith in Doris Day than God. Whatever will be, will be. I don't believe whatever will be, will be. I believe that we define to a large degree and cultivate to a large degree the outcome of our life. In other words, I made a choice to get born again. That was my choice. It wasn't my mom and dad's choice. Now, they had an influence, but I made that choice. That's mine. If you're born again today, there's nobody but you to applaud for that decision. You made that choice. And nobody made you make that. You made that decision. So you can look and say, I'm brilliant. I made the biggest decision of my life when I said yes to Jesus Christ. And if you made that decision, every other decision pales in comparison because now that he is in you, nothing is impossible. And you need to get your declaration out there and declare. David said in Psalm 42, and I will almost close with this. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Now, verse 5, David first says, 
I remember what it was like to shout in the house of God. I remember the presence of God. I remember what it felt like to be there. And he now turns to himself and he says, Why so downcast? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? In other words, he's addressed. Why am I feeling this way? Then he goes, Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. David said, I'm, this is not getting on me. I will not let this get on me. And I certainly will not let it get in me. Your bitterness, your unforgiveness, your anger will hurt no one but you. You are the one that will be harmed by wrong thoughts and wrong words and self-hatred. which creates. Anybody who hates somebody else begins by hating them. If you hate, then you hate yourself. That's the reason the Bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself. You have to love you first. And you know what the world says? That's narcissistic. No, that's biblical. We have a world trying to keep us. Now, I understand there's a line you cross when it's fleshly arrogance. But when you look and say, I love who God made me. I love that he did make me. I love who I am. I could look at all the things I'm not. But you know what? I am born again. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed. I'm a believer. I love God. I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to heaven and not hell. I'm blessed in the city and the country coming in and going out. Everything my hands touch prosper. I... Some of y'all need to read Deuteronomy 28 and just start declaring it. And I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. He who began a good work in me will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So if you don't like who I am right now, hang around. It gets better. Because I'm going from glory to glory. You see what I'm saying? Why would you come to church if you weren't going to be encouraged when you left? Look, this is, this, is, this is as much horizontal as it is vertical. God wants great things to happen here. And he wants to bring them from there. But he can only deliver them to those who are willing to receive them because he will not cram blessing down your throat. He will not cram love and kindness down your throat. He asks you to receive it. Every challenge today will become your story tomorrow. How do you want it to read? Mine is this. I want it to read. He went through hell. He, the scent of smoke was on him. But he came out on the other side with a smile. Nothing can hold you down and nothing can hold you back. You can lay down and you can stay back, but nothing's holding you there except you. You have to determine what you're going to do with the challenges of life. And when your story is told, that old saying is, what's on the tombstone when you were born and when you died is not important. But the dash in between there is everything. It communicates your faith in God, your confidence in your creator, and that nothing is too difficult for him. And when people look at you and say, man, they've been married 16 times, but they're willing to do it 17 Bless God, and you'll look and say, I'm a, I failed 16 times. No, I'm just looking for one success, and I'm going to keep going until I find it.
You just let them talk all they want to talk, bless God, but the best is yet to come. All worried about what people think about you? Quit worrying about what people think about you. What they think about you ain't important. What God thinks about you is. He thinks you're awesome. You're not, he doesn't see you as a failure. He sees you as his child. Oh, yeah, you've jacked up, messed up, stepped up, stepped back, stepped down, stepped all around. Sound like Father Abraham. You know, 409 is called 409 because they failed 408 times. And they decided when they found the right mix, they'd call it 409. It's all in how you look at things, folks. Start telling yourself the truth. God be for me who can be against me. And he's for you. Father, thank you so much for being for us today. Thank you for loving us in the midst of all of our mess and rebellion and all the things we go through. You love us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want to ask those of you who have never prayed this prayer to pray it with me. It's a prayer of faith in Jesus Christ, a prayer of repentance. And once you pray that prayer, maybe you've never prayed it before, but I remember July 17, 1977, praying this prayer on a Sunday morning in a church. Veins filled with drugs, body filled with alcohol, mind filled with doubt, fear, unbelief, and rebellion. I heard the message and decided that I would declare that the Son of God died for my sins. He rose from the dead and that I, could, I too could be born again. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your only Son to suffer and to die on a cross for me. Jesus, thank you for willingly laying your life down in order to raise my life up. Today I repent of my sin and I call you my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. Amen. We're so glad you prayed that prayer and we'd love for you to let us know. You can text 405-550-1310 and in the message put today I got saved or just put saved. 405-550-1310 or you can fill the card out in the seat back in front of you. There's a little place to check and drop it in the offering bucket as it goes by. You know, it's important that you make that known. It's very, very important. And uh, there are many, many people, as Pastor Mark's already stated, two weeks from now, that don't know God. And Easter is the most attended weekend, Easter weekend, the most attended weekend in, in all the year when it comes to church. More people will be in church Easter weekend than any other weekend out of 52. You need to bring your friends, your family, your enemies, your co-workers, your neighbors. Folks, this is serious stuff. And I'm not just talking about going to heaven. I'm tired of the devil beating up people on earth. And causing their life to be miserable. I'm tired of it. I, and there are Christians that call themselves Christians. They probably are. But they don't know the victorious life that comes with putting our faith in Jesus Christ. So you know what? Not everybody that's going to heaven has heaven coming to them. I want heaven to come to people. Jesus said, pray that it be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, I want my presence and my glory to be known on earth as it is in heaven. And we represent that. So you know what? When you walk around in your office and you're in your neighborhood, act like you're going somewhere. Act like you are somebody because you are. You're a child of the king. Quit walking around bent over and slumped and sad and sour. Why would I want to know you're Jesus if that's the case? I can do that without him. I did it without him. 
And I did it after when I got born again until somebody taught me that I was writing the story of my life that nobody else could write it for me. And that I'm turning my challenges into victories. That's what you can do.